0: Serving Johnson County, Texas, Joko Community Radio. Show
1: me now, show me the arms aloft, every eye trained on a different star, the smudge, the stroke, and semaphore. Welcome, everybody. I'm Tatiana Miller, and this is How to Be a Human. So this week, I come to you wounded um, out of several battles, some internal battles, some external battles with people and situations around me. But all of us in our life, sometimes daily, sometimes occasionally, we are in a battle, right? We're all warriors in some sense of different things in our lives. And, um, I was inspired to do this week's show, um, on helping us all take a pause and uh, hopefully not be reactive and, um, be bridge builders for ourselves to better our relationship with ourselves and to have just better relationships in general. There's a quote by Viktor Frankl that says, everything can be taken from man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose our attitude in any given set of circumstances that can never be taken away from us. And I'll tell you one of my stories of this week. So I went to give um, a talk. I went. I did some public speaking this week, and um, it was for company. And the company sent out my bio and um, a link to my website and to the radio show um, to their employees to let them know, you know, who was coming to talk to them. And it was a mandatory thing that people had to go to. And so I showed up and did my thing and left. And then I got an email from somebody that was sitting in the audience. And they said, I really wasn't wanting to have to sit um, and listen to you because I heard part of a radio show that you did, and I looked at your bio, and I just thought, well, there she is, just some person that doesn't know me, and I don't know them, that just sits on a pedestal and tells us what we're doing wrong, and you seemed to act like you had it all together, and they said a whole bunch of things about their impression of me before even meeting me, and how they just really weren't looking forward to going to my talk. And then they ended their email by saying, but I'm glad that I went. Um, I got to talk to you afterwards one-on-one. And I actually realized that all of the things that I thought you were, it really wasn't that when I met you in person. And um, they said that the the thing that um, impacted me the most is how real and raw you were in your conversation with us. And they thanked me and they said that, you know, now they're fans of the show. And and that incidence is a direct representation of what all of us do. Most of us judge one another without reason, without even knowing who we are. It takes less than four seconds for us to form judgment on people when we first meet them. Like, that's why first impressions matter so much. However, these judgments can take us into attitudes and give us a lens from which we're viewing situations that can be very damaging for our relationships, for how we're showing up in our work, for how we're showing up in our family. And most of the time when there's conflict, it's about judgments or it's about, us wanting something from someone. We want them to do something. We want them to recognize something. We want them to give us something. It could be a material thing. It could be an emotional thing. Um, Like, I want you to admit that I was right. And, And so much of our conflicts in life and of our suffering in relationships and the turmoil created in family dynamics and in workplaces, because... Teamwork in the corporate world is the most hated thing when people are surveyed of what they like and they don't like about their job. And the number one reason people don't want to work in a team is due to interpersonal conflict, right? That means differences with their personalities or their perspectives or their way of being. When really that should be what unites us. Different perspectives allow us to get a full view of situations. They allow us to understand what we didn't pick up on or what we didn't realize or what we haven't explored. And so we're it's an opportunity, really, but we look at it as something that is inconvenient for us. So we want something from someone and they don't give it to us. And we immediately go into they're inconsiderate, they're stubborn, you know, all these things. But really... And you're not going to want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you (laughs) the truth is that when we want something from someone, an action, words, material things, and they're not giving it to us, what that is showing is that we're trying to be controlling, and we're trying to be manipulative of others, and we really have no right to. And listen, it's a normal reaction because it is totally normal for our ego to want to get what it wants. And because we don't pause and because we are reactive, we're not asking this question. Why do I need to control or have power over somebody? Is that about them or is that about me? And it normally is about you missing your worth or your value or you being able to understand that that person is not where you wish they were or where you need them to be. And I heard a story by um, a researcher that works in corporate America and she was talking about um, how she always used to correct her mother. So her mother tends to exaggerate, like many of our grandmothers or moms. um, And she would say something like, there were 30 people at the family gathering. And immediately, um, her name is Louise Evans, would be like, no, 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 you're wrong. There were only 13 people. And why would you exaggerate and get into this whole conflict about the mom's offhanded comment? And she tells the story of her brother tapping her shoulder and saying... Louise, does it really matter the exact number of people that were at the gathering? How does that affect you or affect this conversation, this time that we're trying to have together? And she took a pause and she reflected. And she was like, well, actually, no, it doesn't matter. So then the question is, why do I need to be right? Why do I need to correct Why do I need to have power over telling my mom that she was wrong? And she realized that it was really about her need to be right. And when somebody has an extreme need to be right, it is a direct, direct symptom of them not feeling worthy, of them not feeling good enough. So it's really about, us, right? And what's percolating and going on inside of us and our wounds and our weaknesses that make us vulnerable. And then her brother asked her the next question. Do you want to be right and in control or do you want a relationship with your mother? And of course that really settled it for her. She's like, no, I want a relationship with my mom. So I just need to let, let it go. And letting things go does not mean that you have to let people wrong you or let people mistreat you. This is different, right? This is when people are just trying to be who they are, going on about their lives, and we come in trying to make them act, behave, talk, and do what we want them to do. So in your relationships, do you want a relationship that's based on respect and love and psychological safety? Or do you want to be right? Do you want to be in control? Because ultimately, when we are right and in control all the time, that means we are overpowering another human. And when we're overpowering another human, then we're doing what my friend, my dear, dear friend, Mikkel calls playing make-believe. And her and I had a very intense conversation this week about playing make-believe, because there's a lot, a lot of us that have spent a lot of time playing make-believe in situations, relationships, dynamics, even within ourselves. And it's not authentic and it's not real. And what always, always, always happens? these are like the laws of the universe and human dynamics, what is within us, what is within each and every one of us is going to find expression. That means it's going to come up into our throats and out of our mouths or into our hands or into our legs, into some behavior or into some words that's going to reveal the truth. And you see this a lot, and and body language experts talk about it a lot. I saw it this week on the news, somebody that was testifying in Congress, and they said, yes, I'll help you, and they were saying no. They were saying, yes, I'll help you, and they were saying, And they were shaking their head no, right? So they're saying one thing, but the truth is coming out in their body. And a lot of times our truths manifest in our bodies. So your body is your true biography because your body, your physiology, your anatomy, your physiology, that machine that your body is, it doesn't lie. It only tells the truth. And... I am a big advocate and a big believer of treating ourselves holistically, of holistic medicine, of looking at the big picture, of looking at the whole person instead of just focusing on one aspect of a person. And who we are is not what we do. Who we are is not what we've accomplished. Who we are is not how much money we make. Who we are is not how right we are. Who we are is those truths inside of us in our soul. And we are a reflection of nature. And when we become rigid, when we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable, then we're going to remain wounded, we're going to be sick, we're going to suffer, we're going to hurt, we're going to have the stomach aches and the GI issues and the headaches and the tension and the panic attacks. We're going to continue to manifest that because that is how our body says, I am wounded, I'm hurting, I can't keep up with your lies or this make-believe that we're playing. And vulnerability is essential for growth and even more essential for connection. Part of your overall well-being is how you're connecting to the people closest to you. And if you're letting little things, like whether they're 30 or 20 or 24 or 25, like Louise did with her mom, prevent you from... Using your moments of interaction for love, for support, for uplifting one another, or throwing daggers. We throw a lot of sticks and a lot of stones at one another, and they break a lot of bones. And It's reflected on this division that we currently have in this country, right? It's all about I'm right and you're wrong. If you don't agree with me, then you must be bad. You're evil. So we have to remember that we're a reflection of nature. We have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We have to slow down. We have to take care of ourselves first. And that's not being selfish. That's being responsible, The highest form of intelligence is the ability to observe ourselves without judgment. That's a quote from Krishnamurti. It's not what degree we have. It's not what school we went to. It's not how many books we read. What good does that do you if you are numb inside or if you're boiling inside with anger and resentment or if... All you're doing is wanting to have power and control over those around you. Those aren't real relationships. So the highest form of intelligence that we can cultivate, where we should be spending our energy, is in our ability to observe ourselves when we pause, when we wait and are reactive. And we do it without judgment. Because one of the things that I answered, that participant that emailed me about you know, not wanting to sit in my talk and their first impressions of me is, isn't it funny how all of us create these stories about others? And sometimes we're accurate and sometimes we're way off. And sometimes it has nothing to do with that person. It's all about our story, but we want to project it. We want to throw those daggers. We want to throw those sticks and those stones at other people so that we don't have to look in the mirror so that we don't have to deal with our pain and with our suffering. Trees grow where they're soft and green and that's their most vulnerable spots, but that's where most growth happens. And they also have to lose their leaves in the winter to stay alive. So sometimes we have to let go of what we want, of our judgment, of parts of us, right? Because ultimately our desires and our judgments are, we're, we're creating them so they're parts of us. But that's where we choose to let go. That's where we have to recognize the parts of us that prevent or resist growth. Those are the parts that harden us. And I'm sure you can think of that one person that you know that is so rigid, that lacks flexibility. I'm not talking about, you know, can't stretch. <laughs> I'm talking about they lack flexibility in their life. They're stoic. They're cold. And 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 that, is a lack of connection. That is an isolation of being able to deal with connection, of being able to let in love and give love. And you know those people tend to be not so fun to be around. We usually tend to not look forward to being with them. So recognizing those parts of us, finding those green soft spots in us, just like the tree, is going to allow us to be better. And not better to get more recognition or to accomplish more, but better able to have peace within yourself. We think that we're protecting ourselves by... Being judgmental by throwing stones, by throwing sticks, by throwing daggers at others, but really we are hurting ourselves and we're stunting our growth. And like I said before, all we really are from the moment we're in the womb till the moment we die is vulnerable all the time. You know, so like when we were hurt in childhood, we tend to create these coping mechanisms. Some kids go in the closet. Some kids become aggressive. um, Some shut down. And a lot of times that goes on into our adulthood. And pre-written scripts in our brain, like, I can't be wrong. Because then um, I'm powerless, right? Right. Or I can't put myself out there because what if I get hurt? But that's only because you're already hurt that you're creating this rigidity within yourself, this, this lack of ability of being vulnerable. Vulnerability is a strength. It's not a weakness. We see it as a weakness because we're scared of being hurt or rejected or not accepted. But that's when we're not growing. And in nature, when anything stops evolving, it dies. There's a lot of us walking around missing out on life. Our heart's beating, our brain's working, but there's not a lot of vitality. And we can't grow, we can't connect when we have a hard shell. So remember, what's within you somehow is going to find a way to express itself. And usually it leads us into situations where it creates more of what we don't want in our life rather than what we're seeking or what we want out of others. It's not uncommon when I ask people to close their eyes and remember the last time they were Light, light in their body, like no tension, no, you know, resistance. Light in their body, happy in their heart, and just felt like things were awesome. And I watched them try. I watched somebody yesterday. And they, you know, spent a couple minutes and they said, I just can't, I just can't bring that moment up. Because we put our head down and we don't want to deal with the things inside of us that are inconvenient or that are hard. And so then we throw it out at others. So I have a comment from a listener. It says, people translate different perspectives as attacks from the enemy. So when we're challenged with anything, we see it as a threat. And this, just like the ego is a part of being a human and it tries to show up and lead and take over and control and have power, the amygdala, which is the instinctual part of the brain that was designed and has for the history of humanity kept us alive. That's its job. Anytime something is different or unfamiliar, the amygdala sends out red flags and says, hey, watch out. It's like the policeman for the body, or the security guard for the body. So yes, when we are faced with people that are different than us, when we are challenged by somebody saying, I don't agree, or I'm not going to do it that way, <laughs> then we immediately go into a state of alert. And our nervous system gets dysregulated. And when our nervous system is dysregulated, we are not making objective choices. And normally our attitude is of resistance and defensiveness and all in an effort to protect ourselves from being vulnerable. There's a quote by Abraham Lincoln that I just thought about with that comment from the listener that says that, so Abraham Lincoln said, I don't like that man. So I must get to know him better. And there's an interesting experiment that some researchers did where they had companies um, do interviews kind of like that show where you don't know who's singing. I don't know what it's called because I don't have a TV or watch TV, but um, people get to sing and you don't know what they look like. They're in costumes, like big furry costumes. But it was the same thing with the interview process. So they interviewed it's called blind interviewing so you can see their resume and you can hear them speak but you can't see what they look like and every single time this experiment has been done in the corporate america the person hiring ends up hiring somebody that if they had seen them they probably would have gone into immediate judgment because that's what our ego does it judges it says I don't recognize whatever it is about you. And I feel threatened because the amygdala turns on. And so I'm going to resist. I'm going to become rigid because I'm not going to allow myself to be vulnerable because that's how I'm going to feel safe. And that's a false pretense, right? That's playing make-believe. That's why you see in families that don't talk about things or don't deal with things, things get shoved under the rug, but they come up in different ways, right? The kid starts to misbehave in school. He's just manifesting the energy that's not being dealt with at home or playing out what he's perceiving because kids are sponges or the husband ends up getting fired because they're grumpy at work and being aggressive with people because of things that are going on at home. So we can pretend like things aren't happening, but remember, whatever's within us is going to find a way to express itself, and usually it's in a way that creates more issues for us than if we would just deal with whatever we need to deal with, and why don't we do that? I've talked a lot about this lately, and it's because we are not willing, and it's not just you, and it's not just me, but collectively, we are not willing to slow down. We want everything quick. We want everything band-aided. We're so used to living in a reactive society that we just get used to putting out fires and putting out fires. But guess what? That fire is still going. (laughs) Just because it's not like damaging and there's no smoke, that doesn't mean it's not going to light up again. And... There's more struggles than good times for a lot of us. And here's the thing. You're the only one that can give yourself permission to pause, to understand why you find yourself in the same dynamics, why the same patterns keep showing up in your life. Why you keep having the same argument with your partner or with your boss or with your child. When we're doing the same things over and over and over again and not getting the results that we want, that means we're not showing up with the correct attitude. That means we're lacking perspective, and usually it means that we're not getting the perspective of the other participant. We're missing out on that connection. We're letting being right be more important than getting along. So my question to you is, are you willing to do things differently? Are you willing to become someone you've never seen before? And we'll be right back. Out-of-date carpet giving you the blues? Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the Floor Store in Cleburne, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the Floor Store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the Floor Store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleburne, Texas, owner Brent Harris
0: can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give them a call today at 817-641-9444. The Floor Store. They've got you covered.
1: Welcome back. And you're listening to How to Be a Human on Joko Community Radio and we're the pri- we are proud to be the voice of Johnson County, Texas and we're live 24/7 on the TuneIn Radio Network. TuneInjoko.com is the place to find all the ways to listen and watch and the station app is also available for free on Android and Apple devices, so just search. Check out our lineup, lots of amazing shows, Joko Community Radio. Um, is brought to you in this episode and more brought to you by Patriot Claims. So make sure to call your Texas sales rep at 844-839-4245 and be sure to dress your arms and more at thetiffy.com. So welcome back. We're talking today about challenging yourself because what is within you, good, bad, ugly, not ugly, is going to find expression somehow in your life. And the only thing that we can never control is how we show up to circumstances. And nobody, nobody, nobody can take that away from us. That is what I call the magic wand. Um, When I used to work with kids, I always used to tell them, did you know that there is a magic inside of you and you have a magic wand just like Harry Potter? And that magic wand is the power of choice. You can choose to let those sticks and stones break your bones, or you can choose to create a bubble around you that chooses what you let in and what you let out. And so we talked in the last segment about having to recognize the parts of us that prevent and resist growth, the parts that cause us to harden. We really think they're protecting us, but they're really stunting us. And part of being able to, so I had a listener send me a question and they said, um, I'm going to pull it up. So they said, where can I start practicing being a better self without fear of judgment? So we're going to talk about that now. Um, And then I had another comment that said, it scares me to be someone better because I feel like I can't handle or won't be able to handle the reactions of others. And yeah, so most of us rather stay where we are, even if we're unhappy, even if we're not getting the results that we want, because we are scared to reach our highest potential. We are intimidated by the question I asked you before the break. And the question was, are you willing to become someone you've never seen before? to say something or do something so you can be who you wish you were. Because essentially, those are the daggers and the stones we're throwing at others. We want to control them. We want to manipulate them. We want them to do what we want so that we can feel better, so that we can feel in control, so that we can feel good enough. So really, when you're willing to say that thing that you've never said before, like, I was wrong, instead of you you wanting them to say they were wrong. Or to do something that totally changes the situation. So I remember when I was learning to play tennis, um, and I was in this long, like, just back and forth exchange where like, I was in a game and I played on a team and it went on for so long that both of us were kind of like, we were new, we were beginners. So we would just like hit the ball to them and they hit it back and hit it to them and they hit it back. And I remember my coach said after the game, he said, you know how you win a game when you're just kind of passing it back and forth. And I was like, no, that's clearly why I didn't do it. And he said, you change, you change the game. And that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to change your game, the games you play with yourself, the games you play with other people. Can you change the game? Can you show up as someone you've never seen before? Because how you're showing up is not giving you the results that you want. You cannot force others to do what we want them to do or to act how we want them to act. Eventually, even if they do, right, that make-believe, that playing make-believe will come crashing down at some point. When we're playing make-believe, when we're not in authenticity, when we're not in truth, the tower will tumble, is what we call it in energetic work. So, let's talk about what Louise Evans has named the five chairs. So, she has created five different ways or perspectives of looking at how you are coming to a situation, what attitude you're showing up with, what perspective you're showing up with. So this is where I invite you to pause when you're not getting the results that you want, either in a relationship or with yourself. So first we have to be willing to release the attitude, or the thoughts that prevent us from growing. So this means that we have to be aligned with what we truly want. So I want somebody to apologize to me. And I'm not going to budge on whatever needs to happen until they apologize. It's never really about the apology it's usually more about I want them to recognize that they hurt me or I want them to recognize that they did something wrong. So that is what I mean by being in alignment with your true needs. Is it about your self-worth? Is it about clarity of mind? Is it about transparency? Is it about acceptance? It's always about some lack within you that you're perceiving that you want others to fill this void. So that's where we start, right? We pause, we r- we recognize like what is this really about. So then, I'm going to present to you these five chairs, and she there's there's another um, author I can't remember their name that also presents the five chairs in a different way. But I really like the way that Louise Evans does it because I love animals and I. I love behavior and I love analyzing behavior and I love nature because I love watching nature and animals. And so she gives each chair the name of an animal. The first chair we're going to talk about is the jackal. Jackals are reactive, right? They're full of life. They're in your face. Um, And the first chair that's called the jackal is all about being the policeman, It's like what I think some generation don't know what it is, but that's what we call a Karen, right? The person that's always complaining, always looking for what's wrong. They're policing. They're reactive. They're trying to point out all the things that are wrong so that they can be right. All of us do this just like the person that the listener that sent me the email about how they were not looking forward to my talk because (laughs) all I, they judged me, right? They, that's what they were doing. So, If you find yourself judging, pause the judgment. Know that you don't know their story. None of us know what is going on inside another person's head. None of us know the wounds that they carry in their hearts and in their soul, the battles that they've been through. None of us know that. We're judging others based on our vacancies inside of ourselves, on our lacks. The next chair is similar, but different and related, and it's the hedgehog. If you've ever seen a hedgehog, they curl up into themselves to protect themselves. So we do that to keep ourselves safe when we feel threatened. But the hedgehog chair is about judgment within yourself, This is related to what I talked to you about, vulnerability. When we feel vulnerable, we want to protect ourselves. And that's a normal reaction. That's perfectly normal. But a lot of times when we are coming at a situation from the hedgehog chair, we're reacting, resisting, throwing out those daggers, those sticks, and those stones in an effort to protect ourselves. And we miss out. We become blinded. That's why they put blinders on horses, so that they don't come from the hedgehog's chair and start reacting to everything they see. But we can't operate in life blinded because that makes us way more vulnerable. It makes us have blind spots. So what is this lack inside of you? What is this need to protect yourself Where is it coming from? Is it even related to the relationship or the situation at hand, to the context of that situation? Because remember that quote I told you by Krishnamurti, the highest form of intelligence is the ability to observe ourselves without judgment. When we can accept our mistakes, hold ourselves accountable to them, apologize to the people around us that those mistakes have affected that allows us to move out of the hedgehog chair into authenticity, into being raw, into letting people know that they're safe with us because we're doing the work and they're going to be psychologically safe with us. They're going to have trust in us because we're able to do that. The next chair we're going to talk about is the meerkat. And the meerkat, has this awesome ability to sit still for over an hour, not move anything but its head, and it's just watching. And I love meerkats; they have them at the zoo here where we live, and I love watching them. And they build little villages, and they there is one that is in charge of of, of guarding the rest of the village. They're vigilant and they're mindful. Right? They're just taking it in. They're being aware which is what we miss out on when we're being reactive when we're judging others instead of taking it in and being curious and listening we're putting out our protective defensive mechanisms so the meerkat is about just watching and waiting it's like watching kids on a playground you can learn a lot by being a meerkat on a playground and just watch learn children figure life out and talk to one another and play and be raw and authentic. So the meerkat is all about cultivating curiosity and interest and allowing others to be who they are, which gives you a lot more freedom to be who you are. When we show up as the meerkat, we start to be in the present moment. Rather, a lot of times the hedgehog chair and the jackal chair are about past situations and wounds and hurts or future worries. And the meerkat's more about being present. So when you start to cultivate interest, it's easier to slow down and not be reactive and not judge and just kind of understand. Do you know how many parents I've asked the questions of, basic questions about their kids? What's your kid's favorite show? What's their best friend's name? And so many parents don't know that about their own children because we're not, we're not coming and showing up to our relationships with our children as meerkats with curiosity, with interest to really allow ourselves to get to know one another. The next chair is the dolphin. Every time, and I've seen I've seen a lot of dolphins in my life, it never my reaction never changes. I'm always excited. I always get filled with like oh, there's a dolphin. It never gets old, right? They have this amazing energy. And they're loving and they're therapeutic. And they are uplifting. But most importantly, they're detectives. They're figuring it out. That's how they um, are able to be therapeutic for people. is because they have this radar inside of them where they pick up on the energy that the other person needs. And... So when we show up as detectives or as dolphins to a situation where there's tension or where there's conflict, and what we're looking for is to understand, and we're detectives, this is exactly what the best negotiators in the world are taught to do. Figure out what the most important thing is to the other person. Because when we have that and we can give them that, now we can negotiate. And every relationship that we're in, we're constantly negotiating. Nobody's ever going to be everything we want them to be. And if you expect them to, you're setting them up for failure. You're never going to be everything somebody everything that somebody needs. At all times, at all points in life. You're, if you expect yourself to be that, you're also setting yourself up for failure. So part of being the dolphin and showing up with the attitude of a dolphin is being a detective. What is needed to make this work? What is needed to have a peaceful engagement? What is needed for there to be less tension or less conflict? So when you show up as the detective, you're showing up as this dolphin, right? That's like, oh, we're missing this energy. Let's, let's bring it in. And this is one of my favorite chairs. I love an analyzing and understanding. My teenage son, or he's he's an adult now, um, he said to me the other day, he was like, geez, mom, you ask so many questions. Why do you ask so many questions? And I said, I'm, I just want to know so that I can better understand. It gives me the full picture. And he paused for a moment and he said, Huh, I always thought you were just nosy. <laughs> so sometimes people that ask a lot of questions are being detectives, and we judge them, right, for trying to be intruders. But once I had that conversation with my son, guess what? He started calling me, and he's like, Okay, Mom, what are the questions that you think I should ask in this situation and to this person, right? So something in and clicked, like, oh, Okay, she's trying to put all the pieces together. Okay, the last chair that we're going to talk about is actually one of my favorite animals. So one of the experiences that I value the most in my life that has been the most impactful is when I was on a safari in Africa, and I was in Kenya, and my mother and I got to go on a safari. And there was this experience where I was, I don't remember if I was the only one in the group or not. My mom can probably remember better, but I got to walk and when I say walk, I mean they were within arm's reach with giraffes and their babies. And not only was the scenery impactful and amazing, and I felt one with nature, but giraffes are fascinating and beautiful creatures. And they're ginormous, ginormous creatures, but not, in, not one little bit did I feel vulnerable. I'd never felt that I wasn't safe. Now, be it, they could crush me with one leg. I'm a tiny, petite woman. They could crush me with one of their legs, even one of the babies, but I felt safe. And then I learned that giraffes have the biggest heart of all animals, of all mammals. They have the biggest heart. And what we know about heart is that hearts, our hearts and mammals' hearts, have its own intelligence system. And that's what empathy is all about, putting yourself in another person's shoes, understanding where the other person's heart is at at any moment. And I certainly felt that with those giraffes. They also have the longest necks out of any animals. And this whole conversation that we've had today is about perspective. So they have the best perspective out of any animal because they have that birds eye view. They can see the whole picture. And that is what most often is missing in our relationships, in our approach, is perspective. I talked to you about the blind interviewing. When we are not in judgment, when our brain isn't firing extra to try and make us not feel threatened because something is different, We are able to process and accept and surrender in a way that we can't access when we're in judgment. So, giraffes are empathetic and gentle and. Here's one of the most important things. Hardest thing, hardest thing, their egos are on the back burner because their hearts are so big and they're so able to put themselves in the other person's shoes that what they want goes away. And... This goes back to that quote by Abraham Lincoln. I don't like that man, so I must get to know him better. When there are things in your relationships that you don't like, that cause you to cringe, that cause you to want to avoid the situation or the person, that bring up those parts of you that you don't want to deal with, that is when you should be a meerkat. Pause, observe, watch. Access the dolphin in you, that detective, that love. Because when we question and when we do it in a loving way without feeling rushed, it allows us to start uplifting ourselves Away from those lack thoughts of self-doubt, of, 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 of judgment within ourselves, of judgment towards others. And then we can access the giraffe. And ultimately, all of us want to feel seen. So the meerkat sees you. Heard. The dolphin is listening to that sonar energy. And we want to feel like we matter. And The giraffe makes us feel like we matter. So, if with every interaction that you have, especially with the people that piss you off, that push your buttons, that you're just "Mm," this close away from throwing a punch, I invite you to show up as someone you've never seen before and someone they've never seen before and say something and do something that you wish they would do for you. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could just be one thing. And the more you practice this, the less conflict you will have in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that other people won't have conflict with you. But it means that you won't accept it. That's just not what you're trying to do. That's just not what you're letting in your bubble. And you do have a choice of what comes in your bubble. You also have a choice of what you put out. And when you care about others, you do them a disservice by teaching them through your demands, through your control, through through your need for power to bend over for you. Because you're disempowering them. This, This is very true for our children. Teach your children... To ask questions, to explore, to make mistakes, to own their mistakes, and teach them that it's okay to do all of these things, not because you are telling them to do the things and act a certain way, but because it is in alignment with them having peace, with them being able to show up to circumstances and situations and feel good about how they're interacting with others. How you show up creates your reality because it's what's going to get thrown back at you. And you can shift and rewire that neurological hardware in your brain that causes you to want to control, that causes you to want to have power over others. And... I had planned to talk about that with you. (laughs) Actual brain research um, about how to rewire our brain coherence. Um, So we'll have to do that next time. But if you have any questions, I know that I threw a lot out there today. Um, Always let me know. Always reach out. I really appreciated that email that I received from the participant that went to my talk and that had listened to the show because it caused me to be a meerkat and just listen and take it in and be curious. It also caused me to be a dolphin and and reach out to other listeners that have reached out to me and to people that know me well and say, hey, how am I showing up? Because maybe how I think I'm showing up is not what others are perceiving. And I did some digging and I did some questioning and I got a lot of feedback. Things that I was blinded from. And one of the feedback, that one of the most important things that I got out of that email was that the people that know me well, that have seen me in my career, in my roles, that that, that know who I am as a person said, yeah, you could you could be a little bit more raw in your presentations. I, I, I don't think you're allowing people to know who you are in the way that you're presenting. And I had to sit with that, and I had to dig deep with that. (laughs) And I came up with an answer, and that's what I'm going to leave you up with today, because I want you to come up with your own answers. And it is because I am terrified of putting myself out there into the ether, into the world, and talking into this microphone. (laughs) I do not like social media. I do not like technology. I have resisted it for 25 years. And I'm doing it every week when I show up with you. And I'm doing it. So yeah, I'm showing up rigid. And I'm showing up guarded. Because I haven't learned to vibe with it. And I'm used to talking to audiences. But this is different. There is no audience. So I hope you have a great week. And we'll talk soon.
0: From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County. JoCo Community Radio.